gonna look twice at you until I see the Christ in you. Welcome, friends, to our conversations, to our faith walking meditations. Here we are making our way through this this journey of discernment. It has been, I think this is the seventh uh, conversation about discernment. We are making our way slowly. Uh, but I have to admit that it's been so good for me. It is so good. And I recently, actually last week, participated in a retreat that was about discernment. And I was able to be present how much, um, how fresh is this in me out of the conversations that we have had. So... Um, we have uh, been uh, doing some work uh, using uh, Henry Nouwen's um, book, Discernment, uh, Reading the Science of Daily Life. And um, so we are at least following the, the structure uh, and the process that we have, uh, the chapters and the conversations. So today we're going to talk about uh, discerning the voice of God in other people. Last time, we, last uh, time, yeah, we, we talked about nature, and we will continue our way. So, other people. This is a, a very interesting uh, topic for sure. So, um, a reminder: it's always good. Uh, like the the quote Henry Nouwen quote in the book: uh, God speaks to us incessantly and in many ways. But the spiritual discerning is a requirement to hear the voice of God. See what God sees and read the signs of daily life. So, I don't know what the, this reminder, remind, reminding does uh, for you, but um, constantly for me is uh, remembering that discerning is not about just trying to find the voice of God for one situation, one problem, or just trying to get the answer to my question, is she the one or not, Lord? I'm going to marry her or not? All those famous questions of discernment that we had at some point, right? Uh, but it is really much more than that. Decision-making is part of that. It matters, I think. But discernment is kind of a, a way of living, uh, a way of uh, aiming uh, to to have curiosity or intentionality or, or attentiveness, that would be the best word, to see God, to see the work of God, to be present to the word of God uh, in our lives, in the situations uh, that we face. Uh, we, I, I like, we did a, in our meditation, we use Proverbs 3, 5 to 8, and uh, we use the message translations, but it says, See uh, God everywhere. God is uh, speaking to you everywhere. You know, the, the way the paraphrases, it's not the translation, the paraphrases of the message uses that in a good way. So that is the reminder. We are curious, attentive to pay attention, to, to see the heart of God, the work of God, the, 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 the voice of God, if that makes sense. I'm not talking a necessarily loud voice, but what God is showing us and inviting us to consider in other people, in our relationships, interpersonal relationships. So the Bible is full of uh, examples, right, of, of God speaking through people. So we'll be 
super extensive to 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 try to find categories and stuff like that. But I like this uh, passage of the book of Hosea, <clears throat> chapter 12, verse 10. God is speaking to the prophet and says, I spoke to the prophets. It was I who multiplied visions and through the prophets gave parables. So we have a, all this story of people, uh, priests and, and prophets speaking and God using them somehow to bring uh, his message, to make his message known to God. Then we see in the New Testament how the disciples become those uh, uh, voices in a way uh, that are not the, I would say the, the end of this is to actually listen to God, right? But uh, it's not to find an intermediary, but to be attentive how God uses everything and many, in this case, people to speak to us, to, to help us notice, to help us uh, understand him. Today, we have a lot of teachers and preachers, right? And uh, we all have had moments when we know that we know that we know that something that we are hearing, uh, it is for us, it is for me. You know, it's God is telling me something. And uh, in general, people who bear witness of God in their lives. I, I had a recently a, a spiritual direction session. And this is about discernment, right? I mean, nothing specific is a spiritual direction session. So here I am trying to facilitate the space for somebody else. But I cannot tell you how much God spoke to me <laughs> through this person in a deep way, you know, and to tell this person, yeah, I think this is for both of us, right? But, and I didn't have... Uh, I didn't plan it, uh, you know, it was it was a conversation and God has this beautiful way to speak to us. So I love the idea of, of relationship in this case. And you can, you can argue that there's a relationship with nature and relationship with the scripture, but interpersonal relationship and how God uses that, the essence of, of uh, the incarnation of God, Jesus, right? It is that interpersonal too. That becomes transpersonal. So it's such a beautiful, especially in this season of, of Advent, you know, they, we are longing and we are waiting. We see that incarnation. So a few, just a few reflections. I really think that there's a lot more that we're going to learn as we share together. But <clears throat> remember, this is not about just what is the message for me, what God is telling me. This is not decision making. I need an information that this is really about what God wants me to, to notice, to pay attention, reveal, how God is revealing his heart to people. So think of relationships in your life that God has used or still uses to make his work known to you. Uh, I don't know, <clears throat> you I have several uh, relationships and friendships that uh, I know that have become uh, uh, a mean or, or, or a tool for God to speak to me. And usually, um, I try to keep that, those relationships and, and, and continue, but usually I will pay special attention uh, what these people are telling me when, when I am in situations where I, I feel a little, a little bit confused or in need of, of listening to God's voice, to, to, to the voice of God. One of these relationships, I mean, I, I always remember, has been... Uh, 
uh, Jimmy Harrington. You know, he's uh, the founder of, of Mission Houston and a dear, a dear friend, a dear mentor. And he has, uh, I, I think I've told this story before, but it didn't start very pretty. <laughs> you know, uh, we were, I was working for him. He was, a, he's a, he was my boss, right? And I admire him and everything, but my relationship to him was the relationship of, with my boss. And it was through an experience, uh, being a lot of God, God decides how to do it, right? But it was through experience that I had with him in which I kind of lost control and and uh, raised my voice to him and kind of became, as in faith walking, we say, became aware of my vow and my autopilot. And he was uh, kind enough just to hold the space for me with, with the gentleness and kindness. But it was through that that something opened in my heart to hear uh, what he was saying in a very different way. And I will tell you several times that it is in some conversations I have with him, I don't see him as often as I would like to, that I will always receive something that is very special uh, from God uh, to me. Probably you have relationships like that, right? And my wife, you know, is, is uh, another relationship with sometimes I don't like to admit it, but it sounds a lot like the wisdom of God, what I'm hearing, right? Anyway, there are relationships like that. You know, it might be formal or informal. You know, and this is uh, something that comes a little bit from psychology, but I think uh, Henry Nowen does a good job talking about it also in his book. And he talked about three kinds of meaningful relationships, right? And the first one is with our parents. And yes, of course, you know, it's a formative relationship. And uh, as we consider that, you know, how God revealed his, his heart through our parents. For some people, that is very dear and, and, and beautiful because we see it and we, we, we love it. But for some people who have relationships that were very complicated, that is like, ah, oh, I don't see the heart of God absolutely there. But somehow there is uh, something there to, to discern, to consider. That's one set of one, one relationship. Uh, even if they were not there, Right, even if they were not there, say, so, well, how can I have a relationship where you're not not there? But if you explore that and you open your heart to it, you will discover something. I believe, and I don't know what, but that is the, the glory of God to to speak as we pay attention and enter into that curiosity. Right. Another relationship is our, our close friends, people who are close to us. You know, people that we live life with. Uh, I will even expand a little bit. You know, it could be people that we work with, as it was Jim for me at that time. And then our immediate family. And this uh, becomes, uh, for those who, who are married, uh, spouses and children, especially children, like, becomes like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how much God is speaking to me through my children, right? Uh, or it may be, uh, if you're not married, people that become like your family the communities that you belong to, the people that walk with you, the people that, that become your, your, yeah, your companions in, in this journey of life. And there are seasons, right? But uh, meaningful relationships. And the idea is that God uh, is and reflects his own heart through every person if we pay attention. It doesn't have to be a 
minister of the church. It doesn't have to be a theologically trained people. But if we pay attention, we will discover amazing things through that. And then spiritual friendships, spiritual directors, uh, relationships that are a lot more formal, if you want, or a lot more intentional. You know, I have a, a couple relationships like that, that the conversation doesn't go to to sports or, or, or uh, I don't know, whatever you, you like to do, whatever is your hobby. I, I, I don't hunt or fish, but it's not about hunting or fishing. But it becomes, a, so what's God doing in your life? What is God saying lately? Right? And it becomes a little bit of that. So the idea of discernment in other people starts there. Acknowledging that God reveals his heart to you through people who are accessible in a way to you. So <clears throat> it's complicated. I don't know if it is for you, but uh, it's, it gets complicated with relationships, right? Um, I, I appreciate in the book, uh, Henry Nouwen is very candid about the complications that that gets you know, in his own journey and Sometimes we, uh, in relationships, kind of get derailed a little bit and, and we start leaning too much in one side or another side. We get mad with people. <laughs> we don't want to hear them. Or we become a little bit more too, too needy, you know, too connected with them and we start complicating things that are not so complicated. But uh, these are the, my three best, uh, or my best effort to, to express what I believe gets in the way of discerning the heart of God in other people, right? But I try to avoid. First, and this is a faith-walking term. It's not faith-walking, but you are familiar with it, right? It's the lack of self-differentiation, you know? So that's a good point for the, the importance of self-differentiation. I need to learn to, to be self-differentiated to actually be able even to discern what God is telling me through people. It's not a, a requirement, but it helps a lot. So, you know, in one extreme of differentiation, I'm a bully, right? My way is the way. You know, I know I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you, blah, blah, blah. I know what is right and what is wrong. I'm an expert in you <laughs> and in everybody. Um, on the other extreme of, of the lack of, say, of differentiation, I am a, kind of a, a chameleon, right? I, I don't know, whatever you, you, you have the ability to, to make me believe what you believe and to make me think what you think. And I don't know exactly what I think or how I feel. And so it is very complicated because it gets in the way of what you are saying, what God is wanting to tell me through you. So lack of self-differentiation gets in the way, you know, and, and think of that uh, even as, as a capacity to manage your own anxiety and especially in situations where relationships are complex. And I don't know how it is for you, but all my relationships have a level of complexity, all of them. And there's no single one that is, oh, this is awesome. No, just give me time. <laughs> and I'm going to make it complicated, right? Human being. Another thing that gets in the way, I think, is the lack of silence and self-reflection. Uh, I don't think... I don't have a space to think too much. I don't have a space to wonder and to ponder uh, about my relationships, not trying to get uh, 
to, to, to control them or, or, or manipulate them, but trying to actually ask the question, God, if you be speaking to me through this relationship in this situation of my life, this hard family member, this conflict with this person, what would you be telling me? You know, and I don't know, but uh, somebody asked in the retreat, what do we do when we need to discern quickly? <laughs> Something like, okay, we have a deadline. Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I guess you throw a, a coin. <laughs> I'm hoping that is a tourism and you thought the lots fall in the places that you want. And I don't know, God might use that or not. But the thing is, you need time for discernment. You need time. You need a space. You don't grow an oak tree out of, you know, two weeks of effort. You don't grow a baby. <laughs> it requires time and silence and self-reflection. And sometimes we don't want to offer that to uh, the context of our relationships. So the third thing that I think gets in the way is lack of intentionality to pay attention. I, I compartmentalize God and how God speaks. He speaks only through scripture, speaks only through a priest. And I don't believe that God can speak through people that are ordinary. And I dare to say sometimes people that are not necessarily spiritual. Uh, God worked through kings that were not Christian in the Bible. And uh, I believe there is even a donkey, right? Uh, so pay attention, intentionality in paying attention. I love um, Steve Machia. He uses practicing the preference for God in everything that you do. Preference for God. So my preference is to see God. I see you, but I don't only see you. I see also sort of through you what God is, is showing me. I love it. It requires a, 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 an awareness, you know, that, that, I don't know, that switch must be on. If it's not, I might go through my day, you know, 20 minutes of silence, 20 minutes of devotional, whatever it is, and I just, and I don't pay attention. God is right there, yeah, showing me and speaking through people that I don't believe in. Sometimes even I'm challenged, you know, Jesus will, will show up in my life today. Who, who will be that person that he wants me to see, uh, wants me to, to discern his presence in? Anyway, finally, how to discern the heart of God in others? I mean, that sounds like very, I know it all, right? <laughs> Who am I to tell you how? But there you go, a couple ideas, and uh, you, you will add yours. But uh, I think one, a couple have been mentioned. You know, I, I will suggest that you work in your self-differentiation, management of your anxiety, knowing a little bit of your boundaries. So you can actually be really you, your true self, when you are talking with people, you can actually be connected uh, and online, you know, and not, uh, you know, in autopilot. That helps. I, I see that in Jesus. I see that uh, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't defend himself. Jesus doesn't defend himself when he is with the Romans or with the Pharisees. He defines himself. He comes back to places of, of true, you know, guiding principles, you know, words, but uh, centering 
So self-differentiation is helpful because it reminds you who you are. Then alignment with the heart of God and with the scriptures, for sure. You know, whatever you are listening, uh, how you listen, you have to see that from a specific perspective that is aligning with the heart of God, what you know of God. You know, that felt experience that you have of God, how God speaks to you. I... I uh, can tell you and there are moments of worship lately where God speaks to me a lot and I know how it is for me. And it, it doesn't have to be the same for you. Other people get that out of scripture or, or, or other kind of practices. But uh, you know, you have a, a knowledge of, of that heart of God and, and you need to make sure that what you're seeing things, uh, listening in, in others is in alignment with that and with the scriptures for sure, with your understanding of how the major revelation, I don't know major, but one of the major revelations that is the scriptures is uh, is aligned with that. You know, I here I, I put the practicing and preference of God, seeing God, like Proverbs uh, 3 verses 5 to 8 in, in uh, the message. And then uh, I like this too. Uh, it's an open perspective. Uh, I always say, and this is real about the brain, you know, the brain is going to find only evidence of what the brain is looking for. So if you're looking for evidence that people are not like God, guess what you're going to find? Tons of that. You don't need much help for that, right? Yeah. There you go. That's how he's not like God. He's not like God. My father were not, was not like God, etc., etc. But if you open, completely open your heart, to see that even in this kind of dynamic, even um, dialectical reality of, of, of life, that even if my father uh, was not a believer and with a lot of the struggles, there was something about him that God used to reflect his own heart. God's heart to me. That's what I mean, right? You you have this full openness. And I like it. I would say even it's not only open perspective, but reverse perspective, right? Because usually what I'm looking is God to, uh, to, to give me what other people haven't give, given me. And yes, that's okay. There's a space for that. But the, the other side is trying to see well, how, how people would reflect that, that heart of God. That... Uh, that thing that God is wanting me to show. So how is Christ reflecting in others instead of how it is not reflecting in others? We need that openness. And finally, <clears throat> spiritual practices, right? And, and prayer is some specific ones. Yes, prayer. Prayer that is listening. Prayer that is, is examined, is, is reviewing, is coming back and, and, and reviewing what, what God has done. Listening, not only listening prayer, but listening as a practice of actually listening to people when they are talking to you, no matter what you are doing. It's a beautiful practice that can become a spiritual. And the moment that you invite God to be with you there, you will be amazed when you listen. Then self-reflection, uh, discernment. We're talking about discernment, but discernment is, is testing, is sifting, right? Is this God? It is this not God, you know? Think of that beautiful passage of, of Luke uh, the road to Emmaus, right? What a beautiful passage it is. You know, after the crucifixion, and these two apostles are walking to Emmaus, there's somebody, right, who comes 
to walk with them and start speaking with them, talking with them. And they cannot see. They, they, they don't see that it's Jesus. We know it, but they don't. And there's a conversation that is going on. And you see, there's this opening in their hearts. There's actually an opening of their houses. Okay, could you stay with us? Break bread together. And in that opening, there is a revelation. Oh my gosh, our hearts were burning. God speaks. Let me finish with this, Dallas Willard. <clears throat> God's presence is everywhere, friends, everywhere around us. God is able to penetrate, interwine himself within the fibers of the human self in such a way that those who are enveloped in his loving companionship will never be alone. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. What is coming up for you? Uh, Marcus, you're um, talking about um, seeing the Lord in others and hearing the Lord's voice uh, through others um, just was a good reminder to me. Um, the, the church that I was in for many years, that we talked about that a lot. And uh, it, was a, it was an intentional and conscious thing that was part of our life together. And, um, but I often kind of don't find that as much. Um, and I have, it has to be refreshed. I, I lose, I lose some sense of it myself and it has to be refreshed in me. Uh, but there's such a richness there. And, um, you know, when I'm intentional about it and aware, I just, uh, you know, the, the, the Lord reveals himself in such creative and unique ways in different people. Um, and, you know, there are people that just uh, bring the joy of the Lord to you. And then there are other people that bring his, his, his heart of compassion and his grief, uh, you know, over the world. Uh, Different, different things, and uh, and they're all they're all such blessings, and uh, there's just a richness of of being able to see see him in so many different people, and um, and draw from from him in that way. Thank you so. Well, thank you for refreshing that. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, and, and I am aware that um, you didn't say that, but as, as you were speaking and talking about this is a good refreshment because sometimes on one side is I made my spirituality and God is speaking to me very private, right? This is just me between the Lord and me. And there's a space for silence very contemplative and all of that is between God and me. But the, the other side is, is, you know, I am, I am, I, I just look for somebody to tell me what God is telling me. 
And even in that, sometimes is, we have been hurt in one side or another. You know, what that's what comes to mind sometimes. There were sometimes some communities in which people can come and say, this is what the Lord is telling you. And it's, ouch, you know, um, that kind of hurt a little bit, you know. And was that God or not? So I'm acknowledging very well uh, that reality. Uh, but it doesn't change the reality, too, that that there is a way in which God uses community and other people to speak our hearts. Right? We have to learn to walk in that in that reality of discernment. Right? Was this the Lord? I, I remember somebody calling me one time. I was just married sometime, I mean, uh, months, and some good friend that I love and I, I, reflect, I, I respect left a message, and I have a dream about you and your wife, da da da, da. Uh, You know, it was, this doesn't, there's something of this, that the, there's no malice, there was no judgment in me, but there's something here that uh, I don't think is, is the law, and discernment, discernment is what we need. When I think about looking for Christ, in others, I think about the last week here on campus where I had a couple of students who um, made life difficult for many of the residents in the dorm. Um, I had I had a, a good conversation with one of them, um, a very good conversation. It, I'm not sure it solved the problems, but but for that moment, we were communicating well. But with the other one, I think it would have been helpful had I been looking to see Christ in him um, because uh, his behavior was so um, problematic for everyone in the dorm. He, he created a lot, a whole lot of problems that it was very easy to see everything that was wrong. And I wonder, had I been thinking about, all right, let me let me look for Christ in this individual, if I would have had different things to say to him or approach the problem differently. Makes me wonder. I'm going to have to think about that. I, and I get another semester to figure it out. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. That is so rich and so, yeah. It's a matter of discernment. You know, Lord, I need you. How it would be? How would have been different that interaction if I would be open to that? And you're right. It's difficult okay. when we're tired and we're stressed and there are deadlines and there's pressure from other people. It gets very hard um, to realign my thinking in, in the midst of that, to, to pull aside. It was easy just to go with the flow of the anxiety. It was exam week, everything was building. Um, it was getting worse and worse for the students in the dorm. Yeah. I, need, I need to know where the stop button is. Yeah. I was remembering one specific instant that I had, and this is a, a good one. It was not not very hard, but it, it was actually, but it was meaningful to the fact that I remember today. 
it was a moment that I had my heart broken time ago and I was talking with a friend. And actually I we texted today. But um I was just expressing my heart, right? And uh and I don't I mean I know that even my heart was broken, but I was just more resigned and cynical. That makes sense. It was broken, but you know, that's the way that I was carrying it, you know, a little bit of cynicism and resignation. And this person was just listening, just listening. And at some point, I see that there are te- there's a tear coming out of his. He didn't say anything. But I was like, what? Are you crying? And so he allowed me to say that word. What I have is my heart was broken. Such a beautiful reminder, you know. Here I am carrying this in the way that my autopilot is carrying it, giving it the meaning that it is. And through a friend, you know, uh, just receiving this tenderness to say, yeah, it hurts. And, And no matter if I was right or not, God hurts with me. Yeah, oh, very good. Um, I, I mentioned to you before, there's a song called, uh, actually, I think we use it in the, in the podcast. It's the, it's the song that we put <laughs> before and at the end of the podcast. Pay attention uh, when you listen to it. But this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at you twice because I want to see Christ in you. That has been always a good reminder for me. And the first time, ah, I don't know if I, I will, I, I will be lying <laughs> if I tell you, you know, I walk looking at Christ at every person that I see. I wish it would be like that. I don't know who does it. For sure, there's somebody with a very mature spirituality, but uh, but the reality that I don't see it like with this student, Judith, but I can look a second time just to look for that Christ is very hopeful for, hopeful for me I don't know how it is for you I might not be perfect in looking the first time right but I I'm conforming I'm happy knowing I can come back and look a second time to see if I see Christ reflected there for me for him for both for the world so So thank you, friends. Thank you for your time, your participation today. And as we usually do, let me read this blessing for all of us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love